Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to uh, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we want to continue on this that we have been on, be found in Him. And uh, we made the statement throughout this series that in Christ, I have no identity of my own. In Christ, I have no identity of my own. And we've talked about that our identity has to be swallowed up in Christ's identity. And we, this, this is borne out all throughout the scripture. People struggle when they are trying to be something that God delivered them from. People struggle when they try to live a life of victory from a foundation of defeat. You, you can never do that, all right? That's why we talked about the word being truth. And people will say, you know, I remember a, a song we sang when our kids were growing up, and, and uh, it was, you know, I am what the word says I am. And there are people that will say, I am what the word says I am, but then they will talk like they are not what they said they were. A very simple illustration of this is you run into Christians all the time that say, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. It's impossible. If you're saved, you can't be a sinner. Well, I knew a guy that was saved and he sinned. That, that doesn't mean anything. doesn't make him a sinner. Amen. You might sin all the fence posts and crow, but you're not a rooster. Right? Just because you can sound like one doesn't mean you are one. Hallelujah. If, if you are saved, now listen, you are what God says you are, whether you speak and act like you are or not. You still changed whether you live changed or not. The power changed you whether you live out the power or not. And what has to happen is I have to understand, in Christ, I have no identity of my own. And we have all kind of identifiers, right? Sinner, addict, loser, alcoholic, failure, right? And people live out of that identification. And the longer they live out of that identification, the more solidly rooted it becomes in their heart. And Jesus said it's from the abundance of the heart that a man's mouth will speak. And so when somebody says, I'm a failure, they mean that. Because that comes out of their heart. See, their identity is not champion. Their identity is failure. What did God say you were? More than a conqueror through Him... Who loves me? Is that right? 
So conqueror and failure cannot coexist. One has to overcome the other. One has to be given the place to. The, the, the Christ part of you, the in Christ part of you, will not rise up and overcome the flesh without you. Well, I just believe if I'm saved, that'll all just go away. Doesn't work that way. There are things I have to do. Is, is that right? I mean, it's like when you got married. You, you hadn't been a husband before. Or a wife. I mean, you knew what a wife was, but you didn't know what wives do. Right? But now you're married. You are a husband. And now you have to live like a husband lives. Well, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. Your identity has to change. You can't be running around all hours of the day and night with the fellas. Can't be hanging out downtown, shooting ball, doing, doing everything you used to do all, all evening long. Well, I like to do that. Yeah, but you got a wife. You're a husband. Right? What empowered you to be a good husband? You started seeing yourself as a husband. You started seeing somebody that you had a responsibility to be there to take care of, to help, to love as Christ loves the church. And what to do? It changed your identity. You are a Christian. It, that means you are a in Christian. You have been in Christed. You're not a Christian because you go to church. You're a Christian because you're in Christ. And because Christ is in you. The greatest compliment anybody could ever give you is to call you a Christian. Amen. Why? Because Christians live different. Christians act different. I'm not talking about sin per se. Christians, Christians have something in them that people in the world don't have. You have answers in your spirit that people in the world don't have by virtue of being in Christ. Whew. That's my introduction. <laughs> Amen. Because I grew up in church. Y'all know my testimony. I saved when I was eight years old. My mother went into labor preaching with me. My mother was preaching on Sunday night and went into labor with me. I've literally been in church my whole life. Whole life. The very next week I was in church. Dad, dad traveled and, uh, uh, as, as an evangelist. And, and so mom bought two little rocking chairs. And she put one on, on the platform for my sister and one for me. My sister's was padded. Mine wasn't. I, they've always liked her better than me. And if she was here, she'd say amen. But that's all right. She'll always be my older sister. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but, but my point is, is so, I mean, th this has been my life. But there came a time in my, my early adult years, I figured something out. Now, the Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And I've seen God heal people and deliver people and set people free. But boy, something's missing in me. 
Because there, there's not the power that should be there. Well, I, I, I can remember growing up in church, but I can't remember one scripture, one message on who we are in Christ. I remember, I remember messages about we need the power. We need to get back to the old time way. We need to go back to the days of the early church. Why would you want to go back to less power? People said there wasn't less power then. Sure there was. The church was started by 12 men that had no idea of what it meant to be in Christ. The church was started by 12 men that just 40 days earlier had been hiding. One of them had denied Jesus three times. Right? And Jesus leaves the earth in their capable hands. Jesus leaves the earth with those 12 in charge of the church. Dear God. Right? That's what they said about some of us when we got saved. Dear Lord. But here, here's my point. Here's my point. But when they got the revelation, when did the church really explode? Now you read your own Bible. After Acts chapter 9. Why did the church really explode after Acts chapter 9? The man that got the revelation of who we are in Christ got saved. Amen. And he immediately began preaching it. And what happened? Inside of 40 years, we turned the world upside down. After what revelation came out? Who we are in Christ. You can fight sin all you want, but if you don't teach people who they are in Christ, you'll never win. You can preach against it all you want. Folks, you can preach against addiction. You can preach against abortion. You can preach against all any sin you want to name. You can preach against it all you want. But until you teach people who they are in Christ, it is, it is an invalid effort because you can't change people by preaching against something. You've got to preach to people about who they are. I had a brother stand right here in this church say, we need good, more good, hard preaching against sin. No, brother, we need more good, hard preaching about righteousness. Mm, let me move on. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. He says, wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh. That's Paul before he was saved. Before I was saved, I knew Christ after the flesh. Yet now, from here on out, henceforth, from here on out, know we Him no more. Therefore, now notice, therefore. When you see the word therefore, what do you do? Stop and see what's therefore. <laughs> right? But, but in, in, in English grammar structure, it means in light of what was said previous. What did he say previous? We know no man after the flesh. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know any man after the flesh. Now stop and think about that. He's talking to saved people. And he says, we don't know any man after the flesh. Now he's not giving you an excuse to live after the flesh. He's telling you how to think. About people around you and about yourself. Right? And he says, therefore, in light of the fact that we don't, know any man after the flesh, if any man be in Christ, right? 
the, 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 the individuals that are getting baptized today, from the youngest to the oldest, they've made the decision to be in Christ Amen. by virtue of receiving Christ into their heart. But he says, if any man be in Christ, he is. Wait a minute. Will be? So when did this new creaturehood occur? When? When you made Jesus your Lord. Now, now here the word is truth. So are you in Christ? What's that? Then are you a new creature? What's that dependent on? What you did. I made Jesus my Lord and I became in Christed. So here's the answer. Here's the question. Are you then a new creature? Are you? Oh, that's weak. That's weak. That's weak. That's weak. Uh, Are you in Christ? Then are you a new creature? Settles the issue. And notice, old things. Now what old things? Every old thing you were. What is it? It's passed away. Now, if you said, hey, do you know uh, uh, Bill Smith? And I said, yeah. Well, did you know he passed away? Well, what am I going to think? He's he's dead, right? He, He doesn't exist anymore in the earth. Old things are passed away. They don't exist anymore. No, something dead can't exist. And behold. So, so he's here in the, the Greek's a very, a very illustrative language. And he's saying, over here, look at this. This is who you were. But you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, all the old things that you used to be are passed away. They don't exist anymore. And then it's like he's, he's full of joy. And behold, look. Look at this. All things. Everything that makes you up has become new. Now put that in your heart and go call yourself an old sinner and see how it tastes. Now notice verse 18 because notice what it says. And all things, what things? All those new things are of, preposition of, it denotes the substance, the source, the origin of something. All things that you were made are of God. How can you call yourself a sinner when everything that you are is of God? Amen. Well, I just can't get this. I can't seem to help this guy quit. And I can't seem to get this guy to, to, to put this down or that down. And Pastor, I'm trying to help him. What do I do? Get him to know who he is in Christ. If you're not an addict, you can't be addicted. And people will go, yeah, but I am. That's because you still have an identity of your own. In Christ, I have no identity of my own. Oh, glory. If I don't see myself as a new creation, 
I'm retaining an identity that no longer describes me. And I have to not only see others as a new creation, I have to see myself as a new creature as well. Because in Christ, I have no identity of my own. Notice in Colossians chapter 3. And Pastor Michelle and I were talking about this, about how these truths have to be visited regularly. Pastors are not concerned about trying to find something that you've never heard before. Please understand that. That, that, that never enters my mind. Well, I've already preached that. Yeah, but did you get it? I mean, it's, it's, it's what you get. It's not what you heard. It's what did you get. Amen. And uh, Colossians 3, verse 9. I want to read this to you from the uh, Weiss translation. And he says, stop lying one to another. Now, stop right there for a moment. Should you have to write to Christians and tell them to quit lying? (laughs) Right? Well, he did, but there's a reason. He reminds them of something. Having stripped off and away from yourselves and for your own advantage, the old, notice how he describes this, antiquated, outworn, decrepit, useless man. That person you were before you were saved. So he's saying this. Okay, those of y'all that are lying, you need to quit lying, but here's why you're lying. Because you don't realize that you have stripped off and put away from yourselves that old person you were before you were saved. Amen. that's, That's why you've got to talk about yourself as you are. I don't care what you're struggling with. Well, I, I, I want to quit smoking. Then quit talking about yourself like a smoker. Quit talking about how bad you want a cigarette. Well, Pastor, there isn't anything wrong with smoking other than it'll kill you. You're absolutely right. Other than your children are going to watch you smoke and grow up and smoke. And then their kids will watch them smoke and grow up and smoke. Amen. They don't do what you say. They do what you do. Hallelujah. But if you want to quit, quit talking like that. Well, you know, I've just been trying to put these things down and I can't. You'll have what you say. The new man has never been addicted. The new man does not know what it's like not to be able to put a cigarette down. Or not watch something that's unseemly. He doesn't want to do that. And when you let him take the lead, right, he'll lead you another way. Amen. Am I helping you with this? Yes. And then he said, and having clothed, your, clothed yourself with the new man, the person you are after you're saved. Now this translation, according to many Greek scholars, is the most exact in the, in the Greek. 
And notice what he says. He says that there was an old man before salvation and a really in actuality, in reality, a new person after you're saved. Amen. Now notice, who is constantly being renewed with a resulting advanced and perfect experiential knowledge which is according to the image of the one who created him. Now watch this. In which state there cannot be Greek or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free man, but Christ is all and in all. Notice, he said in this state there cannot be these things. Now, you add whatever you want to in there. There cannot be, old sinner saved by grace, addict, failure. Right? There cannot be, because the new man's none of those things. The new man is none of those things. Mm, Hallelujah. But Christ is all. Notice. The person you were before you were saved, the person you are after you're saved. Now think about that. You didn't just say some words and get saved and just decide not to do those things again. Or not to act that way. How how is it that when you got saved, you started loving people that you would have never loved before? Some of y'all got saved and started loving your mother-in-law. Amen. Amen. And vice versa. Some of you mother-in-laws got saved and started loving your son-in-law. Amen. Well, what happened? Well, it wasn't that you just decided to start loving them. Something changed. Love came on the inside of you. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God was deposited in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You had an ability through the new creature to love like you had never loved before. That's why your spirit will recoil at you being judgmental and critical and mean. Oh, lost my crowd right there. Amen. Hallelujah. There are people that will come to me and they'll say, I want you to to believe with me for my children. I I just love them so much and, and I want them to be saved. And they're out there living like the devil and just living like dogs and just don't want to live. That's how you really think about your kids. And you can't talk about your kids that way and then out of the other side of your mouth talk about how much you love them. You can't be judgmental and critical. And I'm not, I'm not talking about sinful activity. Sin is sin is sin is sin. We understand that. Amen. You got to talk about people the way you want them to be. <laughs> Christ is all. Say this, in Christ, I have no identity of my own. Now, Christ is all, not only where others are concerned, Christ is all where we're concerned. Where I am concerned, we have to treat ourselves as though Christ is all. You got to treat yourself like Christ is all. You got to act like Christ is all. You got to quit expecting to fall into the things that have tripped you up before because Christ is all. Right? I can do all things through Christ. 
I can, I can stop this through Christ. I can overcome this through Christ. I can live right through Christ. But it requires a submission of your identity. Your identity has to be swallowed up in His identity. As long as you get some comfort out of being who you were before you were saved, you'll keep living that way. There are people who want to blame all the, all the problems in their life on the fact that they had a bad upbringing. Well, I hate that you had a bad upbringing. It's horrible that people would go through that, but what are you going to do? Live the rest of your life blaming all your problems on the fact that you had a bad upbringing or decide that that was the person before you were saved and the person after you were saved has never been without a father. The person that you're now born again as is a person that's always had the best father there is. And was brought into a family with multiplied millions of siblings. Amen. Yeah, but you don't know what my earthly father did to me. Yeah, but I know what your heavenly father did for you. And what your heavenly father did for you outweighs what your earthly father did or did not do. And that doesn't make light of anything. It doesn't make light of the things that people go through. But how long are you going to live through that? I've talked to people, and there's nothing wrong with counseling. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But I've talked to people that would look at me and say, well, I've spent all this money on counseling and trauma counseling, and nothing's working, and nothing's happening, because you're just rehashing everything that you went through and everything that they say you are, and they keep bringing it up, and God says, consider that dead, passed away, gone out of your life, and live as a new creature. Live as a new creature. People need help, but they need help that helps. Amen. Hallelujah. Do do you see that? Glory to God. But people get comfort out of that. It becomes their excuse. Well, why aren't you doing more? Well, I don't have an education. And what's that have to do with anything? The Bible says the wisdom of God's been made available to you. And so people settle into a life of mediocrity because it's comfortable. You know, if you don't care about winning, you don't care about winning. If you don't care about being first place, you won't train for first place. And Paul said this. He said, everybody that achieves the mastery trains like they want to be the master. You never saw an Olympic athlete going, yeah, I'm going to Beijing, going to win the bronze. I'm on my way for third place. You never saw that. If they win third place, it's amazing. It's a tremendous feat. But nobody trains for that. Don't you get up in the morning and train like you're going to live your life as you've lived it every day up till then. You get up and train like you're a new creature in Christ and you're going to have the victory. Amen. You can't hope to remain spiritually strong operating in your old identity. You just won't. Amen. There are Christians who are living in a false identity. They're new creatures and have never assumed their new identity. We we see a picture of this in the Old Testament of all places. 
The Bible says that, that, that Saul, Samuel came to Saul and the Lord said uh, uh, to tell him that he was the Lord's anointed. And he rose and anointed him king over Israel. And Saul went back to the farm. He's the king. Went back to the farm. And, and everybody started saying, well, where's the king? You anointed someone king. Where is he? And Saul, the Bible says he was hid among the stuff. He's the king. Well, what's the Bible say about you in the book of Revelation? It says you have been made kings and priests unto your God. Is that right? Don't be hiding among the stuff. You didn't get saved to go to heaven. Heaven is a reward in the sense that it's home. But that's not why you got saved. You got saved to live victoriously on this earth. Amen. So then when they face a challenge, they fall apart because they're facing it in their own identity. Their old identity. You can't expect different results operating from the same power source. What will happen? If you've got the same power source, you're going to get the same results. And if the power you were operating in was not strong enough to help you overcome something, it, it's not strong enough to help you overcome it. And you can operate with all the... Uh, the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Amen. So if it raised Christ from the dead, it will help you overcome whatever you're dealing with. But if I operate out of the same power source that I've been operating out of, Amen. Notice in Philippians chapter 4. You know, you might have to ask the Lord to show you some of these things. Amen. It has to... Uh, it, it has to be made clear that I don't have to do that. And, and everything that you do by faith requires honesty. And at some point, you've got to be honest. Am I living this way because I can't live another way? Or am I living this way because I want to? Amen. I had a guy one time, uh, uh, a couple in the church. This has been many, many years ago, over 20 years ago. And... Uh, uh, They were having issues, and uh, the, uh, the issue, one of, one of the biggest issues, was he was uh, having an affair, and uh, that's a pretty big issue, and uh, so, so somehow it worked around where he was going to come talk to me on a Saturday, and uh, I had some work going on around here, and I was in the office, and, and the time came for him to show up, and and so he showed up, and, and you know, he, he walked in the office like anybody would that had been caught, right, kind of sheepish, and he sat down in the chair, and I, and I called his name, and I was talking to him, and I said, uh, began to talk to him, and I said, uh, no, you're aware, I mean, you're aware that what you've been doing is wrong, right? 
And he said, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm aware. And I said, okay, uh, well, then the first place we got to start is you got to repent. I asked him, have you repented? He said, no, I haven't repented. I said, well, first, that's the first place. And I said, so let's pray right now and, and, and you repent. So we bowed our heads and it was just quiet. And I looked at him, I said, no, you repent. I don't need to repent. I didn't commit adultery. You need to repent. He looked like I smacked him with a wet rag. Right? Now, now hang on. This guy's born again. People say, well, if he was born again, he wouldn't have been doing that. Wait a minute. Go back in your past. And there's some things you did, and you know you were born again when you did them. There are folks sitting on the sound of my voice. You lied after you were saved, and you know you lied. You premeditatedly lied. Well, I kind of shaded the truth. You lied. A half lies, a, a half truth is a whole lie. <laughs> and so I said, so you need to pray. If you want to change this, you need to pray. So he bowed his head. I'll never forget. He bowed his head. He said, oh, Lord Jesus. And he kind of mumbled something. And then he just said, I, I, I can't do this. And he just got up and walked out. Now, now here, this is not, I'm not pointing the finger at me. I'm saying in that room, in that chair, in that moment was the opportunity for the new creature to overcome that. Amen. People say, why didn't he do it? He liked what he was doing. Amen. Your flesh, the old man, likes the comfort of the old way. The, the thing your flesh hates the most is when you start putting pressure on it, you're not going to act that way. You just think about your children. They start telling you no it too. And, and if you let them, they'll keep doing it. Well, well, what is that? People say they're asserting their will or rebelling. But it is an assertion of their will. But that assertion of their will will turn into rebellion if somebody doesn't direct it. So it's okay to say no when appropriate, but when I give you a directive and I give you a, a, a request, if we want to say it that way, no is not the proper response to daddy or mommy. Right? If I, if I ask you to go put your dish in the sink... No is not the proper response. Well, what are you doing? Molding that will so that what? It'll listen to your voice and ultimately listen to God's voice. I don't know why I'm here for a moment, but I'm here. I'm just going to help you. If your kids won't respond correctly to your voice, they won't respond correctly to God's voice because in their formative years, your voice is the voice of God to them. And they have to learn that. I, the Bible says that. You, you understand? So here's the thing. He liked what he was doing. Yeah, but he was destroying his marriage. If he cared anything about his marriage, he would have never had adultery, committed adultery in the first place. Amen. Amen. You don't care about a marriage and go commit adultery. 
Well, there's not. Thank you. One amen. I'm beginning to wonder we're going to have marriage class here pretty soon. Somebody just needs to jump up and say amen real loud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, did he know better? Yeah, he knew better. Raised in church. Brother was a pastor. I preached in his brother's church. Yeah. He knew better. Amen. But the new creature was laying dormant. And people say, well, you know, would that guy, would that guy go to heaven? Let, let me say this, and, and then I'll explain it. That's kind of an irrelevant question. Because he's going to destroy his life. The wages of sin, whether you're saved or unsaved, is death. And Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So what does that mean? That I don't want to have anything to do with death. Why chance it? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm helping you. Philippians 4, verse 12. Paul says, I know how to be abased. I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed to be full, to be hungry, to abound, to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. Is that right? This is a reference to the believer that's walking in their new identity. I can do all things through Christ. Not every believer is doing that. I can do all things through Christ, the source of my identity. Is that right? Now, now break that down. I can or I can't? I can. Do what? So, so what is all? Infer. Everything. Everything. All in Greek means all. I can do all things. Well, what is things? Whatever, whatever arises. Anything that I need to overcome, anything that I need to get into, anything that I need to be in victory over, I can do all things through. Help me out. What kind of word is through? What's that? Preposition, isn't it? It, it, it denotes the avenue. You're doing this through. When we say of God, of is a preposition, denotes the same thing. You're of God. If you have children in here, uh, uh, little Aubrey, she is of Ron and Deborah. They didn't find her in a cabbage patch. She's of <laughs> them. She is of pools. She is in pool. Is that right? You see what I mean? She is a pool, and there are things, characteristics, and people say, oh, she's a pool. Right? Or, or whatever. Well, why would they say that? That's who she's of. That's who she came through. Amen. Right? Amen. The Bible says, you are of God. I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ, my new nature, my identification. In Christ, I have no identity of my own. 
I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The strength comes from the source of the new man. Oh, glory. Look at Philippians 3. There's so much here. Philippians 3, 8. He says, doubtless, Paul says, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung or refuse or garbage that I may win Christ and be found in Him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know Him, and the notice that I may know Him, and the way it's set up, and that I may know the power of His resurrection. That I may know the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. Now the Weiss Bible says that I may come to know experientially the power of His resurrection. So there are believers that are born again and saved, but they have not experienced the power of His resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. When Jesus rose from the grave, He was still Jesus, but He wasn't the same Jesus that went into the grave. He came out glorified. He came out new. Now, Jesus wasn't new from sin or redeemed from wrongdoing. He never did that. But he's the prototype. You know know what you don't hear in church a lot? I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. What you don't hear in church a lot is that I died with him, I was buried with him, I was raised with him, and I'm seated with him. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, it was the same process that Jesus went through on the earth to obtain your redemption. When you made him the Lord of your life, you were crucified with him. Amen. Amen. When you made him the Lord of your life, you were, you were buried with him. When you made him the Lord of your life, you were raised with him. And now you're seated with him. Hallelujah. After we made Jesus Lord, we were the same individual, but we were not the same person. That's the power of the resurrection. Is that you are something that you weren't. Because you died. You know, religion will say you got to die to self. Well, I mean, but they don't know what they're saying. When you got born again, you died to self. And you were raised a new man. That You got people trying to fast to defeat their flesh. Well, you can fast till your belly button touches your backbone and never defeat your flesh. <laughs> Amen. Because fasting is good. I fast. I believe in fasting. But fasting is not to defeat my flesh. Fasting puts me in a position to hear things from God that I need to hear. 
but it doesn't defeat your flesh. Because you can fast and not eat and be too weak to do something. But as soon as you gain strength back, now the flesh has the ascendancy again. Do you hear what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to fast uh, that I don't smoke these cigarettes. Well, you can fast as the old creature and put those cigarettes away for a week as you fast because your mind's on something else. And after that seven-day period of time, you're going, about, you're going to smoke more cigarettes than you ever smoked in your life. Why? Because nothing changed. The, the new creature did not take the ascendancy. you got to go through the Word and declare who you are. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am accepted in the Beloved. I am God's Son. I am the brother of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The power of the resurrection changes my identity. Amen. Well, that old urge just keeps coming back. You tell that urge that he died. The guy that that used to affect is dead. Now think about this for a moment. I know I'm being elementary, but think about this. If... uh, If you went to a funeral, now the person in the casket, what are they? They're what? Are they dead? So what if you just walked up that casket and just smacked them? Pat! What are they going to do? What? What if you spit in their face? Kicked them. Cussed them. Now here's the question. Why are they not going to do nothing? They're dead. If you die to something, how can it have authority over you? How can addiction affect a dead man? How can failure affect a dead man? The failure died. You can't expect God's wisdom to flow through a vessel that says they are a failure. It's the power of the resurrection. It's the power of the resurrection. I am crucified. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified. Yet I live. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me. What, what, what did he say? Paul said in uh, uh, the book of Colossians. He said Christ is all. Christ lives in me. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, it says, But of him are you in Christ, who, is ma- who, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Of him are you in Christ. So, in Christ I'm of God. If I'm of God, I'm in, I'm in Christ. People in the world are not of God. Well, God created them. That makes no difference. They're not of God. Because you're not of God naturally. You're of God spiritually. Of Him, of God, are you in Him? Hallelujah. 
And then it says what he's made to us. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Walking in my new identity strengthens me to be able to do all things through Christ. Walking in my old identity provides no access to that strength. Hallelujah. I've, ta- I've, I've, I've said this over the years. People will just grab a hold and they'll just white knuckle things. I'm not going to do that no more. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Oh, I did it. Because you just, there's not enough strength in your natural ability to not do it. Amen. You know, we talk about rest. You've heard a lot over, the, over these past few years, decade now about grace, and people argue about the grace message. Listen, you'll never, you'll never function in the power of grace if you don't first function in the new creature. Grace is the power source of the new creature. It's not an argument between grace and law. Amen. People that argue for the law, they're not keeping it. They're not keeping it. Bless God, we need to, need to preach the Ten Commandments. Well, that's not what Jesus said. Amen. And it's it, because the commandment, when you're walking as a new creature, you'll keep the Ten Commandments without thinking about it. Amen. Because the new creature wants to. Yes. But then right on the other hand, there are people that want you to just preach grace, 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 because they don't want to do anything. Well, after all, you know, we're, we're, I, I know I sin, but I'm under grace. I'm not under law. Well, that's irrelevant. The Bible says grace is the power over sin. Amen. If you're walking in grace, you're walking in power over sin. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, I'm going to go sin, but I'm under grace. Well, yeah, you're under grace, but the Bible says if you sin willfully, there's a problem. Now, I'm saying all that to say, you got to walk in your new identity. Here's my last scripture, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And uh, verse 5. Let this mind be in you. That was in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made of himself no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, because he became obedient and humbled himself, God has highly exalted him. And given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The mind that was in Christ came from knowing His identity. This is so important because He was not threatened by becoming a man because His identity was in the Father. He wasn't threatened by becoming a man. He didn't think it took away from His deity because His identity was in the Father. That's why I said all the time, Father loves me. I do those things the Father tells me. It's the Father's works. 
I'm here on a mission from the Father. Amen. Right? And so he laid all that aside, confident in his Father. Not threatened by becoming a man. Don't let the things you used to do threaten you with failure. Well, what if I get up tomorrow and I'm faced with that? Oh, it's not if, you will. It's waiting on you. We live in a fallen world. Amen. I've had people talk to me and say, Pastor, pray with me that I'll never have a lustful thought. Well, you want me to pray that you'll die? Because that's it. Pray that the devil won't mess with me no more. Lord, kill this person. Just let him die. No, I don't want to die. That's the only way. You're going to have no more problems with the devil. (laughs) Hey, ladies, that was funny, wasn't it? Amen. But, you understand what I mean by that? I, I mean, I'm not making light of anything that anybody's facing. But when you live in a fallen world, you're going to face challenges. But when I got born again, I received the answer. Not religion. There there are religious people that talk about everything they're going to have when they're in heaven. And they have nothing now. They have no victory now. They've had the same habit for 30 years. I'm I'm not a clothesline preacher, but hear me. You should not be dealing with the same works of the flesh that you had when you got saved. There should be some victory. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, Pastor, work of the flesh is not sin. But why would you want, the Bible says the works of the flesh are death. Why would you want that operating in your life? Come here, brother. Let me witness to you. Let me tell you how to get victory over sin. I mean, I don't have victory over Marlboro. But let me tell you how to get victory over sin. Run from that man. Run. Why? Because he's not living out of his new creature. I'm, I'm, who doesn't smoke? You don't smoke. I, Ron's like, no. (laughs) And, And I'm not mad at you if you do. Amen. But, but here's the thing. 30 years? A new creature for 30 years? And that thing's still hanging on? Or whatever else it may be. Right? Think about that. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Don't put your victory off to heaven. Amen. Because they will sell cigarettes in heaven. Or, or anything else. Right? But think about that. 
So people say, well, what do I do? Listen, I'll tell you what to do if you'll do it. But here's the problem with hearing the truth. Once you hear the truth, you're responsible for it. And you can't unhear it. Like there's some things you can't unsee. (laughs) Hallelujah. I did not need to see that. Well, I'm, I'm about to tell you something you can't unhear if, if you want help. I, I had a person come to me one time, and they said, I, I want to quit, and I'm using smoking. And uh, they said, but I can't. Well, number one, you got to change that. There's nothing in your life that has more power over you than the new creature. Amen. And they said, well, what do I do? I said, well, and, and they said, I've thrown... multiplied packs of cigarettes away. I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. I'm tired of these. Throw them out the window. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have no more money. Got to pull around and go look through the bar ditch and find your cigarettes. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. But anyway, I said this. I said, uh, okay. I said, the next time you buy a pack of cigarettes, he went, what? Buy a pack of cigarettes? I said, yeah, next time you buy a pack of cigarettes. I said, you know, and you're, you're tapping them down. You got to tap them down, right? And then you open them up, get the foil off of them. You're getting one out. You're lighting it up. I want you to say, boy, I don't like cigarettes. I don't like the way they taste. I don't like how they make me feel. Well, why would I be smoking saying that? Because you've been smoking saying you don't want to and it isn't changing anything. You got to let the new creature start talking. I said after lunch, boy, when you're really enjoying one, you know how it is. Right after lunch, right? After dinner. What do you want to do? Go out on the, go out on the patio and pick your teeth and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> oh, you think I don't know. Right? Right after that lunch, oh, it tastes so good. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, boy, I don't like these things. I don't like the way they taste. I don't like the way they make me feel. Boy, I don't like these. Thank you, Lord. I said, we can take them out of your pocket and put them on your nightstand. Well, why don't I throw them away? Because it hadn't been working. Throwing them away hadn't been working. Because you're throwing it away in your own power. And then you're walking in your own power and you go get more. This is not condemning. You're even doing it in your own power. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you want a cigarette. What do I do? Rebuke the devil? It's not the devil. It's the flesh. You've got to let the new creature come alive. Well, what if I get up and smoke one? Then you get up and smoke ways oh, like these. I hate them. the way they make me feel. <laughs> right? You say, what'll happen? I don't know how long it'll take, but here's what I promise you. You will quit. Amen. I promise. God is my witness. You'll quit. Why? Because you're letting... The power of the resurrection have the ascendancy. 
And if you smoke or chew or you're overcoming something, I'm, listen, I'm not condemning you. I'd, I'd rather you be here smelling like 100 cigarettes than at home doing nothing. Amen. 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 That, that whole area out there, people laughed at me, but those benches and stuff, those were for, for cigarette smokers. But they all got delivered. <laughs> Hallelujah. He would say, why'd you do that? Because everybody was standing out front smoking. That don't look good. So I put them in place over here to come smoke. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody say, in Christ, I have no identity of my own.